0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division... From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two, and two against three. They will be divided. Father against son, and son against father. Mother against daughter, and daughter against mother. Mother Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it is going to rain, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, There will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites! You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Christ. Gracious God, may your word only be spoken, and may your word only be heard. In the name of Jesus Christ, the living word, amen. Amen. This passage from Luke's gospel may arrive as a somewhat unwelcome surprise for us this morning. For one thing, it's summer. We want to keep relaxing. And it's not Jesus, meek and mild. You know, we like that Jesus, and when another one shows up, we're not so happy about it. And it's the Gospel of Luke. This is the Gospel of the Christmas pageant, after all. Angels declaring the Prince of Peace is here. And in fact, Luke, more than the other three Gospels, mentions peace as uh, one of Jesus' primary gifts to the world, as as His coming, as the gift of His coming. But primarily, I think it's uncomfortable for us, this passage from the Gospel, and actually each of our passages from Scripture this morning, because they each speak to the reality of conflict in our lives, the reality and presence of conflict in our lives. And while conflict is inevitable in our lives, most of us, I think, are kind of hardwired to avoid it if at all possible. You know, we work to be nice. We work uh, to avoid hard conversations. Uh, We work hard to avoid difficult situations. And it's often with the best of intentions. You know, we don't want to hurt anybody. We don't want to be hurt. We want to be kind. And perhaps especially in the church, we work hard to avoid unpleasantness if we can help it. Although... Of course, if we think for half a moment, we know that the history of the church is full of conflict, both uh, internal and otherwise. And uh, in the Episcopal church right now, we're in a season of serious conflict within the wider Anglican communion over issues of human sexuality and the nature of authority. If our words from Scripture this morning are any indication... Conflict is inevitable within a humanity that refuses to attend to God's intentions for us. And yet, also, the promise of Jesus in the Gospels is for peace, some sort of peace, a peace which passes all understanding, a joy which is made complete in Christ. So how are we to reconcile? the reality of conflict with the promise of peace that Jesus promises. Well, perhaps the kind of conflict that is present makes a difference. The kind of conflict that Jesus is talking about makes a difference. In the community that Jesus gathered around himself, conflict was a constant. Part of it was just the normal bumping up against one another of human beings as they jostle each other in their life in the world with different egos and different uh, visions of what is right and good just the way that normal human beings do in the in the hustle and bustle of everyday life but there was also another kind of conflict that was present around jesus and that kind of conflict came from simply telling the truth about situations That he saw around him. Situations in the religious uh, context that he was in, situations in the social context. Jesus had this way of simply just telling the truth about what was going on and then letting the chips fall where they may. And the people who chose to follow Jesus, both during his lifetime and after his death and resurrection, when they chose to follow him and the truths, that he taught they found that inevitably there was conflict with their families with society at large with religious authorities and so forth real peace cannot happen unless truths about a situation are addressed otherwise it's simply a false peace that has no staying power. We're familiar with that kind of peace where you kind of tiptoe around the elephant in the room and hoping that nobody will say anything about what's going on. That's not real peace. One definition of peace that I've come across is this, and I think it comes from Martin Luther King, Jr. He says, "True peace is not merely the absence of tension or we might say the absence of conflict, but the presence of justice. True peace is not merely the absence of tension, but the presence of justice. For example, if we look at some of the great social movements for justice in our time, we can see how conflict was unavoidable and necessary for some kind of true, lasting peace to come into being. For example, the nonviolent civil disobedience of the movement for Indian independence led by Mahatma Gandhi. Tremendous conflict around the uh, nonviolent civil disobedient tactics that he used that pointed out the truth of British uh, domination and oppression. Or our own civil rights movement beginning in the mid fifties here, which used the sa- these same non uh, dis- civil disobedient tactics to point out the truth uh, of racism and discrimination in the American South and then of course in the North also brought tremendous conflict. But in both cases, while the results are far from perfect and while the Indian subcontinent has miles to go before it realizes true peace and certainly in our country uh, racial justice is far from complete I think it's probably fair to say that through those movements and the conflict that they brought out into the open uh, we are in better uh, closer to the justice that encompasses peace than we were before simple truth-telling and a willingness to suffer For the cause of right bring peace ultimately closer to home in our personal lives conflict that comes from truth-telling is usually necessary before real peace and tranquility can grow there needs to be justice in our personal lives with those closest to us conflict will likely ensue but through the conflict Through that conflict that comes from truth-telling, telling the truth in love, only through that course does the possibility for true peace lie. And I think this is what Jesus and the prophets are saying in part to us this morning in these scripture readings. Unless you tell the truth, truth that may be hard and not want to be heard and may bring conflict into the world around us, or bring conflicts that are already there up to the surface. Unless that kind of truth-telling and the, byproduct, the conflict that is a byproduct of that comes into being, true peace, true concord, true shalom is not possible. Neither Jesus nor the prophets would settle for peace at any price. Many of us will settle for peace at any price. But Jesus and the prophets do not. And we who claim to call ourselves Christians and claim to follow the Prince of Peace cannot do that either. We need to brave the conflict that leads to the true peace that we all yearn for and that is the promise that Jesus gives us. Amen.